0: Hi, I'm Alex L. and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey girl. Join us as we journey through sharing together. Hey girl. Hey girl. girl. (laughs) (laughs) It's always interesting with three people on the call. Christine, how are you today?
1: Good. Thank you
0: so much for having us. Oh, of course. I'm, you know, I'm a customer, very excited to be chatting. (laughs) And I am super just thrilled to be able to see, you know, your brand grow and expand and all of that. So before we dive in, um, I would love for you guys to introduce yourself to the Hey Girl listeners. So Kristen, why don't we start with you and then Sam will go to you. So who are you and what do
1: you do? Hi, my name is Kristen Gonzalez. I am the co-founder and creative director of Silvanegra. And I'm sure we'll talk more about who Silvanegra is, but it's our clothing brand and based out of Los Angeles. And yeah, we're really excited to be here. Sam, how about you?
2: Hi, guys. I'm Sam Romero, and I am the co-founder and CMO of Selva Negra, also recently based in Los Angeles, but originally from the 305 Miami, Florida. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Let's talk a little bit about Selva Negra and how it got started and the mission behind the brand. So, Sam, how about you kick us off with that?
2: Yeah, so Selva Negra started. I like to compare it to an accident because it kind of was a really beautiful accident. Kristen and I we met through mutual friends at a music camp. Actually, our friend was having like a music album camp upstate New York, and we both lived in New York at the time. And we found out that we were both designers, and so we just kind of started talking. And I think I was just recently graduated. We both were. Kristen went to FIT and I went to Parsons in New York. And we just started deciding to like meet and start sketching together and we would meet up at bars and just kind of like start talking about this like hypothetical thing. I don't think we knew what we were doing. We just started doing it. And we were meeting every weekend and started actually creating samples and whatnot. And Kristen came to me and was like, Sam, I am moving to Los Angeles. And I just wanted to give you a heads up. And at that point, we were kind of like, okay, let's at least like before we kind of like close this thing out, why don't we just like show our friends what we've been doing and have like a little mini presentation and we just like pulled all of our resources together like we got my roommates to DJ. We got, Kristen found, had like a mutual friend who owned a really dope storefront in the Lower East Side called Ticktail. And we found like a beer sponsor and we hired all of our friends to model for us, except we didn't even pay them. We just got, it was just like the most pulled together thing. And we had this presentation and from there, we actually got our first order and from Ticktail. And we just kind of didn't stop from there. And, you know, there's been so much growth that's happened from that point, but it really did just like, you know, it kind of fell on our lap. And we just, I think, we continue to try to keep rising to the occasion And in terms of like what our mission and what we stand for is. Kristen and I are both of Latina descent. Kristen is Mexican and Filipina, actually, and I'm Dominican. And I think we really both identify with this heritage and this part of ourselves and also coming from families of immigrants, like we're daughters and granddaughters of immigrants. And I think that at the base of our, you know, mission is that we want to celebrate celebrate women and all of their nuance, you know, like all of their individuality. And that's what we hope our clothes does, kind of a reflection of who we are as designers and just allowing that to play off of everyone else and how they choose to interpret what we wear. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I love
0: yeah. that a lot. Kristen, can you talk a little about the role of like this brand just kind of falling in your lap and like this happy, beautiful accident, I find that sometimes the most grand and influential work that we happen to stumble across is like the heart's work is the soul's work, even if it's by accident. So can you talk a little (laughs) bit about that and how the growth has happened over time?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, starting it off uh, for that presentation was just the beginning. But I think that moving to Los Angeles and starting production there, I think was the biggest challenge for me. And kind of understanding what we want it to be about you know so I think we have this term going around all the time called ethical fashion and that's something that I kind of learned over time what that meant Mm -hmm. and you know seeing the production firsthand and you know meeting with a bunch of people and doing trial and error with a bunch of factories I think that is where I saw a huge hole in the market so you know it took a lot of time but I think the growth really for me was getting to that point of understanding like how are we going to pay fair wages? How are we going to ensure our customers know that this is coming from a clean assembly line of production and that we're treating our, our workers fairly and everything that comes to fruition is something that we feel really proud of. Mm-hmm. So I think the growth from that you know, and understanding what that means was a huge learning curve. And I learned a lot about myself too and, and my values and where I stand. And, you know, over time, it really developed into something that was really A powerful message, I think, to our followers and to our customers. And that was something I think that people really value about it. And we value about ourselves is you know, holding ourselves accountable for the things that we put out into the world. So on that front, and then also the sustainable aspect is something that we really grew from as well. It wasn't something that we initially had as an idea because, you know, we didn't come from that type of background, but we realized over time, this is something that's extremely important to us and we wanted to develop new ways to do that. So I think that was a huge growth for us and it really has helped me understand my place in the world and what I want to contribute.
0: Totally. And as women of color in this work, how important is representation? I can only imagine that it is important. I mean, you mentioned being daughters and granddaughters of immigrants. So I want to talk more about that and also talk about leaning into community, right? And showing that Mm -hmm. diversity and showing that fashion is not just for the thin, the white and The elite or what have you. So Sam, I'd love for Mm -hmm. you to circle in on that. And then Kristen, I would love for you to share your thoughts as well. How does your heritage really play a part in not only the brand, right, but how you're building community and how you are, you know, being on the front lines of a woman of color business?
2: Man, this is so important to us. I think number one, because I mean, for me personally, I grew up not knowing that this was an option, right? Like I just didn't really even know that fashion was a possibility. And I think that as we all do, like we're growing, we're evolving, and we're trying to figure out who we are as people and what we want to say, what we want to do, all of those things. Like I just didn't know what my options were. And I think that I was studying like, mass communications and journalism. And, you know, this kind of opportunity came up to go to like a tiny little design school in the Dominican Republic that was affiliated with Parsons, which I thought, man, what I always loved fashion so much, but I always looked at it as an unconventional thing. And I didn't see myself in that space. You know, like I didn't see, first of all, like young Latina women in that Space. And so therefore, I don't know, I just kind of went with it and trusted that like, I can try to be an artist, I guess, in this space. And I think what we do and what Selva Negra does, I think is provide this representation for younger designers, younger entrepreneurs too, like people can look to us as an example of like two women that really started this when we were still girls and really didn't know what we were doing. And we have been able to figure it out and that I think the biggest ingredient in all of that is to just trust yourself mm. we trusted ourselves and we really just stayed persistent you know like we've been knocked down so many times we're still getting <laughs> knocked down you know and I <laughs> yeah, think yeah. that the best quality that Kristen and I have is that we can lift each other up and we take turns doing that you know and that's been a huge beautiful part of the process and then that has extended into a community of people that also lift us up when we don't have strength Mm -hmm. and they remind us why we need to continue doing what we're doing. So Mm -hmm. evolve from like the self to something that feels so much bigger than us Because it does feel important, even if we're small, even if we were to remain a small business for however many years, I still think existing as an example is, I think, a really huge part of this process.
0: Wow. Existing as an example. That is just an affirmation in itself. That really just gave Ooh. me chills. Existing as an example. That is just wonderful. That is wonderful. So yeah. I want to hear more about that. Kristen, do you have anything to add there?
1: Yeah. I mean, that. wow, Sam, that was beautiful. Um, Thank I'm you. clapping and snapping for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it is true. You know, I think that we, especially in New York, we both had a really close group of girlfriends. And I think that is something that has always kind of, you know, boosted us and lifted us up is understanding sisterhood and having that support for each other. And we wanted to bring that the brand and supporting women and, and making them feel like there is a community for wherever you are. One thing that we did that we were super excited about right before the pandemic hit was we started a female founders panel just to, you know, to have that representation of women in the fashion industry or whatever industry that they're in you know having representation for women of color and we're trying to continue that by you know showcasing women of color in our models and kind of doing everything that we can to make sure that we show people like hey we're here you know we're doing this thing we don't have it fully figured out but you know we're doing our best and we're contributing as much as we can and we want to support these women and that's kind of how we do it with our our coding and with our messaging and the name Selva Negra is of itself, you know, representation of ourselves you know, so that's something that we've always felt very close to. And, you know, I think the sisterhood and the community of, you know, either whether it be social media or immediate groups, and, you know, even within our design community, we have a really great, wonderful group of women that we always go to for support, and they come to us for support. And it's really nice to have that conversation, you know, because that understanding and having that community of somebody that is going through it with you, Mm -hmm. uh, makes you feel like you're not alone. And that alone kind of just pushing you into a really tough moment where we're having these really ups and downs in a business. And it it really is super helpful and really helps us keep going with the women around us.
0: So of course, I definitely want to talk about sisterhood in the form of self-care, which you kind of touched on, Kristen, just now. But before we get there, to dive deeper into that, I absolutely can't have this conversation go on without talking about being a small business in a global pandemic. And what has that been like for your brand, your business, your relationship with one another? What conversations are you having and how you've been able to kind of shift and pivot and grow through the ups and downs of not only, you know, operating a small business, but also during this time of intensity in the world,
2: I mean, I think Kristen can also speak to this really well because she touches the business every single day. And I should preface that I myself still have a full time job outside of Salvanegra mm-hmm. and navigating this. Time has been such a struggle uh, in, in so many ways not only because I think we're still doing the most while there are all these external things that are happening in the world that require us to take a step back and to really think and to really process and we have not had the time to do those things so I think that catches up to you it can catch up It has caught up to me several times. And I think in terms of like how that is actually coming into play with our business in the beginning of quarantine, our business actually was growing in a weird way. Like we were steady, we were getting really good sales and we were, you know, I think at the beginning people, Ecom was just not dropping off, you know, and it has started to a little bit. And that's something that we're also starting to prepare for. But I think we were still hitting the ground running. You know, and also from my end, like just being a support system for Kristen, because she's the only one in our business of four people that is running this thing full time. And I think a lot of our conversations have started to shift to like, what do you need? How can I help? I feel overwhelmed. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I feel like there's no formula at all. I think we're just trying to survive and doing what we can with what we have right now. And part of that for me too, personally, requires a lot of therapy, which I have been like singing praises of because I started therapy, right, like, right when the pandemic hit. And it's honestly, like the best thing that could have ever happened to me. But yeah, Kristen, how do you do you feel the same? Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: it's kind of just echoing exactly what you're saying. You know, I just kind of went into this business full time, basically, when the pandemic hit, because before I was mm-hmm. doing freelance, Mm-hmm. for a while um and then since that kind of cut off during the pandemic everybody you know was being pretty cautious about it so that kind of jump started me full time and then there was a period of rest and figuring out okay so what are we going to do and that allowed us to have some clarity because I'm the type of person that just like literally like pops up in the morning I start doing a million things mm-hmm. and so That didn't really allow me to really sit down and contemplate on exactly where am I heading? Where are we going? What are we doing with this brand? What exactly? You know, because even though we kind of appear to have things figured out in a sense, we really on the back end are kind of just like trying to figure ourselves yeah, you know, so same uh, a lot of <laughs> exactly, you know, which is I think something that people really need to hear because it's a constant struggle to figure out how to approach every single day. When I had that ability to just like sit and like meditate and really just like read and not stare at my phone constantly, it really allowed me to kind of understand, okay, so this is how I can better prioritize everything. And, you know, no one, no one to say yes, and no one to say no. And I think that's a struggle as women, we really face all the time. So the pandemic kind of came with its own struggles, but also positive, you know, okay. because our business, our online business, and I think with every other clothing retailer online, kind of saw really a huge spike in sales. But now we're kind of back at that, like, Okay, everybody's now still unsure of what's going to happen next, or what's going to happen in the next year with the election. You know, so I think that as a business is constantly evolving. But specifically with the pandemic, it just kind of added a whole new other layer of things. Of what are we focusing on? Are we making masks? What are we? Are we making sure that our vendors are are being taken care of, especially since some of them, you know, aren't necessarily set up with their documents and aren't going to get any type of help from the government. So you know, there was a lot of things to consider, but at the same time, it was a little bit of a fresh breath there for like maybe the first month or so, but now we're kind of like getting back into it and it's been just a little bit more tough. But thankfully we moved into a new space and now it kind of feels a little bit more conducive to our workflow. And it's been really helpful, you know, to, to be in a space that actually feels like, okay, we can take a little breath of fresh air and really kind of go forward with what we need to do.
0: I love that. I love that all, like that yeah. moment of pause, yeah. the moment of yeah. you know, reflection. It's so necessary. And it's also really hard. I don't know if people really yeah. like understand <laughs> how much of a challenge <laughs> it is to slow down. I mean, I've been reminding myself of that a lot, like take it easy, yeah. and slow it down. So to round off our conversation, I mean, you guys are in partnership with one another. You are friends, you are in this business thing together. And of course, we can't like wrap up this chat without talking about sisterhood. And yeah. as a form of self-care, though, I want to frame it as that. So what are you guys learning about sisterhood, about community care, about self-care as sisterhood and community care?
1: I think that definitely uplifting is something that we have both really found a lot of comfort in. And, you know, Sam and I have been uplifting each other for quite a long time now because, you know, like she said, one of us is struggling. We're trying to uplift them and be there and, and be the person to help them get through it. So I think that coming from New York, we're a place where we had really, really close relationships. We've carried that into the different places that we live. And, you know, we're I think with the pandemic is Especially, you know, now that we're not able to really see our friends as often, but, you know, kind of the uplifting part of it and and really checking in and, and being friends a call or, you know, just sharing our message of sisterhood and being together during this time, even wherever you're at, that we're here for you, you know. So I think that this idea of it being in this together, I think is a, it's a hard thing to kind of grasp because everybody is in a different place. But I think that if we're able to send that message to a friend, send that friend like a little care package, you know, just doing small little things to ensuring that, hey, I'm here for you if you need to chat, I think is extremely important. And I know that for a fact that I would not necessarily be where I am without my sisters. And especially I'm very, very close with my sister. Having that kind of community and group of women is extremely important to kind of going through my everyday life because, you know, as women, we're the only ones who understand exactly what we're going through. And being able to have that mutual understanding, maybe if it's not immediate, just being like something is terrible that's happening. Like, yeah, that's terrible. Like, let's talk about it and let's see how we can get past this and really push through. So for me personally, that's kind of how sisterhood is involved and intertwined into my everyday life. Mm -hmm. And how I always wanted it to be a part of the business as well.
2: Yeah, that's so good. I, you know, it's really interesting. And to be super frank, I think that this time has really showed me that I have room to improve on being a good sister and a good friend. You know, I think that there's so many relationships that I really was not nurturing. And I think that I miss so much of my girlfriends that I've been connected to for years and years and years. And I think that over time, it's gotten so harder, at least that I've allowed myself to become so busy to not take time out for the girls that have been there for me my whole life you know, and I think it's because we're not in the same city anymore. Like, you know, life is happening a million miles per hour, you know, all these things. And I realized that like sisterhood is something that can ebb and flow depending on your relationships. But it is something also that you do have to see as a a form of self care. And I didn't really know that, you know, like I didn't Mm -hmm. I'm learning so much about self-care and Mm -hmm. learning how to be a little bit more selfish with the things that I want. And it's something that is just so embedded, especially as women of color, like this is a whole other episode, I'm sure. But like, I think that I've learned so much about self-care during this time and that involves sisterhood. And, you know, when it comes to my relationship with Kristen, it is so crazy how we have this kind of like, you know, being in partnership in a business partnership with your really, really close friend is difficult sometimes. And I think that it requires this level of honesty with each other that requires being vulnerable, you know, and that's something that I've also had to learn how to do over time. You know, and so I think just like learning that power, I mean, to quote Brene Brown, like the power of vulnerability (laughs) is so necessary (laughs) in relationships. And that is both for your ladies, any relationship you have. Right. So, yeah, it's been a huge opportunity to grow and not only for myself, but to grow with my girls as well.
0: Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. Music is by DC's own Kokai. The Hey Girl podcast is produced by Wayne Bertram and me, Alex L.